And if you have your Bibles, let's, if you would take them out, please. And I'm going to read out of the book of Matthew, chapter 4. And I'm going to read from 18 through 23. And my title tonight is, Are You Fishing? Are you soul fishing or net casting? In the Bible, it says right here where, where Jesus, when he first went out, he went fishing. He went fishing. Verse 18, it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Verse 19, it says, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. You may be seated. Amen. So tonight, like I said, my message is called, Are You Fishing? Look at your neighbor and ask him, Are you fishing? Are you soul fishing or net casting? You see, in this, this scripture in Matthew, the subject is, isn't really fishing. It's fishers of men. Amen? And this subject, Jesus brought it on board. Jesus is the one that caused it. See, evangelism is the active calling of, of people to respond to the message of grace and to commit to God and Jesus Christ. The English word is derived from the Greek word that brings, that word that means to bring good news. How many of you bring good news tonight? This is what I'm, I'm coming here tonight. I thank God that I have a privilege to speak behind this pulpit. Again, I don't take it lightly. I also thank God for my wife that she's always been there to encourage me. As you can see, my hand's a little shaky. And it's not old age, it's being nervous. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Little of both. Amen. See, I have a short story to tell. Anybody here like to fish? Raise your hand. Okay, give them all an envelope. We're going to pick up some more. Amen. So anybody here like to fish? And I mean really fish. How many really like to fish? Huh? See, myself, I don't fish much anymore. Actually, I haven't gone in about, oh, 20, 30 years. But I heard it's fun, relaxing. You see, I used to be an av avid fisherman when my children were small and younger, okay? See, they always wanted to go with their dad fishing. So they always wanted to go with me to fish. But I spent most of the time replacing the lures Huh? How many have kids that you go fishing with? And does that happen to you? And I came across some some expensive lures that were I got blessed with, and I used to catch a lot of fish with them. Those those were my like my lucky lures. I used to like to do freshwater fishing with the with the water moving because those lures, I mean, they you'd get strikers right away. And it was like, okay, I'm done. 
But that time, there was a few times I went, and we went to fish in a lake, and you have to take your time. How many know that fishing, you have to be, you have to take your time, and you have to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, patience. What's that word? Patience. Amen. We have to be patient. And many times, as patient as I was, I got became impatient because I was always in the water, untying cross lines, tangled lines, trying to get my back my lucky lures. Eventually, I gave it up. But today, I thank God that I'm fishing a different type. Amen. So I got a little short story, and it goes like this, okay? A man was on the water for his weekly fishing trip. He began his day with an 8-pound bass on the first cast, a 7-pounder on the second. On the third cast, he had just caught his first ever bass over 11 pounds. And if we have fishermen here and, and you've ever fished for bass, that's a big bass. 11 pounds when his cell phone rang. It was a doctor notifying him that his wife had just been in a terrible accident and was in critical condition and, and in the ICU. The man told the doctor to inform his wife where he was and that he'd be there as soon as possible. As he hung up, he realized he was leaving what was shaping up to be his best day ever on the water. He decided to get in a couple more casts before heading to the hospital. Ah, you guys better listen. Listen well. <laughs> he ended up fishing the rest of the morning, finishing his trip with a stringer like he'd never seen. With three bass over 10 pounds, he was ecstatic. Then he remembered his wife. Feeling guilty, he dashed to the hospital. He saw the doctor in the corridor and asked about his wife's condition. The doctor glared at him and shouted, You went ahead and finished your fishing trip, didn't you? I hope you're proud of yourself. While you were out for the past four hours enjoying yourself on the pond, your wife has been anguishing in the ICU. It's just as well you went ahead and finished because it's, well, be more than likely the last fishing trip you ever take. For the rest of her life, she'll require round-the-clock care, and you'll be her caregiver forever. The man was feeling so guilty, he broke down and sobbed. Then the doctor chuckled and said, I'm just pulling your leg. She's dead. What did you catch? See, some people are really dedicated to fishing. But I know here in Heart of the Bay, we don't have no men or any women, for that fact, that will dedicate themselves to fishing when their family's hurting. Okay? I'm, I'm getting serious now, okay? I was just, I want to see some smiles. But here in the Heart of the Bay, we're not about fishing we don't take it lightly. Tonight, I'm going to be talking 
Do we have any dedicated fishers of men here tonight? I know we do. See, here in this opening scripture, we're able to see that evangelism was something that was a practice in the days of Jesus, and it was exercised on a daily basis. When I, when I hear evangelism, who do you think I think of? Who? Pastor Steve. He was all, I mean, it touched me when I heard that that on his deathbed he was still passing out flyers and inviting people into the kingdom of God. And I know right now that he's up there. The angels rejoice every time one individual comes into the kingdom of God. And I know he's, he's rejoicing right now on what, what the church here is doing today. And one person, one individual that, that I really see that really has a heart, and I, I know a lot of us have a heart after evangelism, is my brother Eric. If he could save a rock, he'd save it. But it's impossible. But he knows, his heart, he has a heart to be a fisherman. He has a heart for souls. And I thank God for that because that encouraged me when I came here. That he didn't, like, wait to really get to know me any better. He's just like, hey, what are you doing? Come and hang out with me. Then I found myself out on the streets. But I, I thank God that because I know that that's what I needed. I needed that it, in my spirit. I needed, because I, sometimes when you do something so long and so much of, we begin to take it for granted. There's many times that we're sitting in our, in our house watching TV or just kicking back while souls are out there dying. You know, one thing here in this city, the city I was in, there were souls out there. There were people dying, heroin addicts, drug addicts, gang members. But it wasn't as prevalent as it is here in our city. Here I can look out my front door. I don't have to go out of my neighborhood to see it. It's right there. And I thank God that I'm able to see that because God has been dealing with me. You see, here in this opening scripture, we're able to see that evangelism was something that was practiced in those days of Jesus, and it was exercised on a daily basis. Why? Because Jesus knew that in order to get people to follow him, he would have to go where they were and tell them to follow him. He didn't ask them. He gave a command. He told them, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Amen. You see here, as, and as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. You know, there's, there's men and there's people that fish with, one, with a, a pole. Amen? A line. That's called soul fishing. They're fishing for one fish at a time, but there's others that cast out a net and they want to get a multitude of fish. Just like, the, I think there's a movie, a series on TV, The Great Catch or something like that. That's what they did. They go out into the perils of the deep. And they put their life on the line to catch the biggest abundance of, of fish that they can. You see, 
Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. These were men that were mending nets, okay? He told them, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. This evening, we're going to concentrate on where Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. What does that mean? What we see in the scripture by examining a bit deeper is that there is one command. Okay? There's one command, one promise, and a lifelong process. So notice three things with me this evening, if you would. First, the command. Jesus tells him, follow me. The command in Matthew 4.19 in this verse, follow me, is simple. Right? Following is not something that is difficult. It's something that we all can do, right? We can all do it. Let yet some of us might say, as far as as far as being fishers of men, on my own, I don't know about that. You see, when when someone told me that I was going to become a fisher of men, it kind of kind of scared me. Kind of like, I'm not ready. I I don't. I'm not. I can't do it. But as long as you have Jesus in your life, see, the way I look at it is if Jesus, if, if the Lord tells me, go speak to that individual, I believe that Jesus has already prepared that individual to receive what I'm going to tell him. So when, when, I, when I know that, I know that I'm going to go and I'm going to make an impact in that person's life. Not on my own, by the Spirit of God. Amen? You see, See, I don't know about that. That that may be intimidating for some of us, but God has called, okay? Hear me now. God has called each and every one of us to be fishers of men. Look at your neighbor and call him a fisher of men. Amen? You see, some of us might not fish with a line where we catch one at a time, but they might be fishing with a net where a lot will be caught. Think about that. Don't think that you, when you go out and you minister to someone, that you're just going to catch one, okay? Because it has a ripple effect. If that one individual gets saved or gets attracted, see, this is one thing you have to understand, and I believe this with all my heart. I believe that people are attracted to an individual that has the Spirit of God on them. See, when there's darkness, there's always a light, and everyone is attracted to the light, amen? It's not on our own. It's by the power of of God. Amen. See, God has called each and every one of us to be fishers of men. Nevertheless, we all have been given this command. You and I, every one of us in this service here tonight, young or old alike, have been given this command. This command doesn't just, isn't for one individual only. It's for every one of us. You see, with this command comes a promise. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. You see, it's important to note that when Jesus called these men, they were not at that time what Jesus wanted them to be. Okay? They were not what Jesus wanted them to be. Jesus promised to make them. The word in the Greek is poeo. The Greek meaning is to make with the names of things made, to produce, to construct, form, fashion, to be the author's 
of the cause. We're right now, we're in the cause. Okay? We're in the cause. God has called us to cause things to happen. That's one thing I love about this church. We don't, we don't, we don't belong to a dead church. I thank God our church is active and alive. Amen? See, to cause, to make ready, to prepare, to produce, bear, shoot forth, to acquire, to provide a thing for oneself, to make a thing out of something, to make, render one anything. In other words, to become fishers of men. Amen? See, there was nothing special about these men they, when they were called. They were common laborers, poor Uneducated, often harsh, weak, proud, self-centered. Sound like anybody here? See, all these things fit some of us here tonight who we used to be, right? When I was preparing this, I was like, man, I remember how it was. It was all about me, not about thee. Amen? If I would have saw you on the street corner hurting, I probably would have passed you up. It wasn't until God touched my life and he allowed me to have that heart for the hurting. See, God is not bound by who we are. See, what Jesus was doing was bringing them hope. Not only would, it, would they catch big, but they would catch it by the multitudes. Amen? See, I believe when Jesus was walking by the sea and seeing the two brothers that were struggling to survive. They were struggling to survive. And as he began to see what they couldn't see, he saw pastors, evangelists, preachers of the gospel. See, Jesus knew that they would become radical and addicted to the cause, just like some of you. Some of you probably couldn't even stand in front of somebody and talk or say hi or anything, timid. But now that the Lord has touched your life, you're able to do these things, not on our own, by the power and the spirit of God. Amen? See, he's seen, that, he's seen men that could help him expand the kingdom by sharing the good news in spite of their background. Just like us, in spite of my background, God was still able to use me. And I thank God that God's using me to this day. See, what I'm talking about here tonight is you. I'm talking to you. This is what God is telling me to tell you. You're fishers of men, each and every one of you. That's what Jesus does. He looks beyond of what we are. huh? When our families, our own families told us, you'll never amount to nothing. You're a no good drug addict. You're a lazy husband. You're a no good dad. When the world used to tell us that, see, Jesus, he looked beyond what we are to what we'll become. Amen? You see, Jesus saw us when we were in our darkest moment. I remember that. And he sent that certain individual. Huh? Think back. Think back about that time back in your darkest moment that God sent someone, a certain individual, to touch your life, to minister to you, to encourage you, to tell you that there's hope. 
when you were hopeless. Amen. A fisher of men to cast a net. He used that person to tell us of the great hope that is found in Jesus. There are many here tonight. Why? Because someone got out of their comfort zone and said, I want to go out and make a difference for the kingdom of God. And I know you're here tonight. They said, I see my family, my coworkers. I see that certain individual that's hurting on the corner. That person, that certain person that has no hope. You can just see it. There's many times I just coming up Mission Boulevard. You see people there with no hope. And we have the answer. We have the answer. See, God has called each and every one of us here to this ministry. You're not here by, by mistake or by coincidence. If you're sitting in here tonight, God's called you here. Maybe God used a fisher of men to bring you in. But nevertheless, God has anointed and appointed you. Amen? See, you're here tonight because God has a plan. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God has a plan for me. God has a plan for me. You see, he has a great and awesome plan for your life. You see, the principle is that he enables and empowers us to perform a task to which that is set before us. We can't do it on our own, but with his power, we can do all things. Right? Can we do all things? I know I can do all things. I don't care how big or how steep a mountain is or, or a trial that stands before me. I know that if I just keep my eyes set on the Lord, I'm going to get through it. When there's a fire burning, I know I'm going to get through that fire. And I'm not, I'm going to come out. I'm not going to come out smelling like smoke. Amen? See, we can't do it on our own. We have to know to fulfill this command involves the third process, to become fishers of men. It is urgent that we carry out the command to bring people to Christ. There's a lot of people out there hurting, looking for an answer that was given to us. We can't be greedy and stingy. We have the goods, and we got to go out and pass it out. We got to give it just as freely as it was given to us. We got to let them know it's free, man. It's already been paid for. Huh? It's like when you're standing in line in a grocery mart or in Starbucks and the person in front of you is pulling into the toll plaza and, and you go up to pay your, your, to get through your toll. And the individual says, that car before you just paid for you. See, Jesus paid the price for us, a price that we couldn't pay. See, to go out and tell others that there is hope for their certain situation. See, Romans 10, 14 and 15 says, Then how then shall how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good news, good things. And that's you and I. Amen. 
You see, Jesus found a few good men that were addicted to fishing. And here tonight, I know Jesus has found men and women that were addicted to crack, addicted to heroin, addicted to speed, addicted to wrong relationships, addicted to the bottle, addicted to medication. But he set them free. Amen? See, he knew that he could use them to win souls for his ministry. These were men that should have been in church, standing their post, but instead were mending and casting nets. Jesus saw that. They didn't see that, but Jesus saw it. There was something about the voice of Jesus that caught their attention. They immediately abandoned their nets, their boats, and began to follow Jesus. They even abandoned their family. See, in Matthew 5, 1, Jesus began to disciple them and minister to them on how they had to be taught. Amen? How to live their new lives. They were survivors. They had to go out and catch their own food. The same way we had to survive when we were out there doing our own thing. You remember that? We used to be out there doing our own thing. When God got a hold of us, he began to use people to disciple us, show us how to live this new life. See, no longer were we using profanity, smoking, drinking, or even hanging out with the old crowd. Why? Because Jeremiah 29, 11 says he gave us a promise. He gave us a promise, a promise to prosper and to have a great future. Amen? That's what God has promised us, that he's going to give us a great future. He has a plan for us, a plan to prosper us. Listen, my friends, society doesn't have the answer. It doesn't have the answer for that hurting teen, but you do. You do. He doesn't have that answer for that hurting teen that's out there wanting to commit suicide or that's out there on drugs or alcohol or even in the gangs that feel that they can't get out. See, society doesn't have the answer for that wife and husband that feels uncertain in their marriage that's about ready to divorce. But I'm here to tell you that you and I, we have the answer, the answer of hope, amen? The answer that our society needs, and we need to go out there and share that hope to this hurting world. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 11.30 that the fruit of the righteousness is a tree of life. And he that wins souls is wise. How many want to be wise tonight? We need to really, really get a hold of God. Sometimes when you're fishing, you have to be still. I remember when I used to fish, I used to tell my kids, shh, quiet, man, you're scaring the fish away. Because they'd be, yeah, quiet, man, you can scare the fish away. Many times we're so busy, we're so busy talking, we're so busy doing this and that, that we don't take time to be still and listen for God to tell us, go fish, go fish. See, we need to take the church outside of these walls. And that's one thing I love about this church is that we do that. 
we do that. We're, we're able to go out of these walls. And it's not a Sunday and Thursdays kind of thing. It's a, uh, this is our life, a lifestyle for us. And we get encouraged every time we come, you know, go win a soul. We need to take the church outside of these walls. Because why? Because we are the church. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're the church. You're the church. You're the church. We're the church. This is a building. See, we need to get radical and addicted to the evangelism. That's one of our strongest gifts. God has anointed and appointed our ministry with this. It isn't just it didn't just come. God has anointed and appointed our ministry for this type of work. Frontline ministry. Going to places others don't want to go. When I was in Santa Rosa working for the city, the, one of the secretaries there told me one time, aren't you afraid to go out there in those areas that you go? And I said, I'm afraid, but I know Jesus ain't, and the Spirit of God ain't, and I go with the Spirit of God, and when the Spirit of God is with me, I don't have to fear nothing. Because if I die, I know where I'm going. And she was like, whoa. But see, this is what God has called us. This is one of our strongest gifts that God has given us. See, we need to invade our city with the message of hope to the hopeless. There's many here in the city of Hayward that are hopeless, and we have that message of hope. So, but we have to get busy. We need to get together, even in our life groups. I already talked to my life group. I said, you know what? We're, we're getting out of our comfort zone. We're going to go hit the streets. We don't need to do it with everybody else. We, we, just like Jesus, a few disciples, we're going to go out and hit the streets. And we're going to learn that God is with us. Amen? See, these, these disciples were radical in the book of Luke. Amen? Luke twenty two forty nine. when Jesus was arrested, when they came to arrest Jesus, who was that individual that got up and got active? He got radical. Peter. It says that as the ones that came to take Jesus away walked into the room, the disciples stood up and said, do you want us to get busy with our sword? Remember that? Peter, he's like, bam. That's how we got to be when, when people start coming over to our pastor or our brothers and sisters in the church. We need to be like Peter and be ready to defend them, man. You hear? I'm serious. Because the devil's out there. He's out there to kill and destroy our lives. And when we see our brother or sister, you know, struggling, that's when we got to get in there and we got to help them out. Amen? See, Peter had no questions. And he was the one that cut the ear. I mean, he got rebuked. Don't get me wrong. See, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus released them to go out and evangelize. And that's what we're doing here tonight. See, Jesus is telling us that it's our time. Say, it's our time. No, it's our time. Say, tell, say it with meaning. Say, it's our time. It's our time to get out and get radical and addicted to the cause of this evangelizing this city. Amen. 
We're getting ready to prepare. We're getting prepared. And pastors already got the teams together. And, and I know that Eric's got men and women. But we need, to, we need to get in line. We need to get on board. We got something powerful, powerful coming up at the end of September. And we've been leading, the, you know, just with the, uh, the Thursday night evangelism when we've been going out. But it's got to be a daily lifestyle for us. Man, God, I know God wants to use this drama for his honor and glory. And I know people are going to come from all over California to see it once they catch wind of it because we're going to do our best to get out there, okay? See, we need to get radical. Let's not forget where we came from. Let's not forget where we came from, from the streets we came to the streets we go. Some of you used to be hardcore gang members out there on A Street. B Street, Mission, get back out there. People see you. Like Pastor Greg, everybody knows him. Pastor Darrell, everybody knows him. Pastor Manuel, everybody knows him. For the wrong reasons. No, they knew him from, from before, but now they know who, the, who they are in Christ. Everybody knows Eric. from the bad, but now they know him from the good. Pastor Esteban, they know him. They know him when he was a baby. And now he's pastoring a thriving church here in the city of the heart of the bay. Amen? <laughs> Let's not forget where we came from. But now, only now we go with the message of hope and the promise of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, the harvest is ready. And I don't believe that there are few workers here in this place. Can I get an amen? amen? You see, to be effective at evangelism, we have three things you must have. One, number one is reach them, going out, taking the hope to the hopeless. We need to go out and cast our net. We need to go and catch them. Fish don't just jump in the boat. Well, some fish do. Swordfish, sometimes they come, they fly into, a, into the boat. But that's what we, this is where we become fishers of men. We get to get out there. We got to get out there and bring them. Number two is we need to teach them. That's why it's important when we bring the people in, we begin to disciple them. Don't just bring them into the church and forget about them. This is why we have our classes. Our fresh start classes is that we want to disciple them. We want to let them know what about our ministry, what it is to be a, a new found Christian. Amen. And from there, then they go into Vethi. Amen. But this is what we need to do. We need to teach them expanding the gospel and how to pray and get a hold of God. Some, some people, when they come into the Lord, they don't know how to pray. I've had people ask me, how do you pray? How do you talk to me? I tell them, how do you talk to me? You talk to me like that? Talk to God. God created us. He understands us. Number three is we release them to go spread the word of God. It's catch and release. You know, professional fishermen, that's what they do. They don't take the fish home. They catch it, and then they release it. Of course, there's always someone back there like, man, I want to 
get that fish. But that's what we do is we catch and we release. That's what we got to do is catch and release. Church, life is too short and hell is too hot to just play church. Listen, I don't know what the statistics are here in the city of of, uh, Hayward as far as death in this city. But I know this, if it's one that goes into eternity without Christ, it's too much. Check this out. I have a coworker at work that just lost an aunt to suicide. And she came she came to the to the drama. She came, my coworker came to the drama to see the drama. And she was devastated. See, the devil stole her life. That's a shame. But you know what? When I'm at work, my coworkers, they know I'm a Christian. I don't hide it. I'm not a secret agent Christian. When God gives me an opportunity to pray for somebody or minister to them, that's my platform. Tonight, I thank God that I have a coworker here. Listen, one individual that you touch creates a, like a domino effect. I thank God because not only did she come, but her husband's here and her son's here tonight too. And that's, that's only because, listen, fishing, you have to be patient. And when I cast that line out, the invitation, she didn't come right away. She didn't come right away. It took time. And God knew the time that they were going to come. And I thank God for that because a lot of times we get, we get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. If God has told you to, in, to minister to that individual because God's already prepared them, God knows they need to hear of the hope. So tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, you know what, I know I haven't been fishing like I should be. I want to give you an opportunity tonight to just come. And I'm going to open up the altars tonight. And If you say, you know, I know God wants to use me, but I've been holding back. I'm opening up the altars tonight if you you want to come and we want to pray with you guys. God has a plan for you. I give myself away. Just surrender your heart to the Lord tonight.